The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? It's good to be back. Happy New Year. We are in the 2020, and 2020 is off to a real good start, JP. At least it is for me. How are you? How is your New Year going? My New Year is good. Good New Year for me. Good I'm, Year? Yeah. Uh, spent it with the family. Oh, um, always a good way to bring oh, yeah. in the new year. Yeah. Feeling good because we are now in NFL playoff mode. Yeah. That's all. You know, it's it, 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 it's time. It's playoff time. It's playoff time. So, I mean, honestly, for me, as an Eagles fan, it feels like we've been in playoff mode for pretty much the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. Any loss would have been a disaster considering the fact you were playing division games. Yeah. And you're in a dogfight down to the end for the division knowing that there's no wild card team coming out of your division. Mm-hmm. So for me, it feels like the playoffs started a month ago. Okay. As a, as a fan. Yeah. I now objectively, of course, you know that's my favorite word. Objectively, you love that objectivity, man. I, I do, you're, and you're a lot better at it than me. It, it it helps keep life in perspective. Okay, trying to maintain objective perspective is for rich wa- people. It keeps you from wanting to jump off the deep end. Oh, that is true. That is true. That you is know? true. Me, I live in the deep end, and I'm always <laughs> jumping in. Whenever I'm out, whenever I figure out a way to climb out of it, I I jump right back into it. But but to your point, uh, got to make your point. But so, the playoffs for me, as an Eagles fan, I feel like I've been in that every game you can't mm-hmm. afford to lose. What yeah. you're hanging on the edge of every play when you watch for a while now. But this is the time where the intensity gets ratcheted up mm-hmm. because everybody feels that way. Yeah, you're not going against a team who. Their motivation is to spoil your season mm-hmm. or guys. And of course, guys are fighting for jobs and fighting to prove that they belong. Mm-hmm. But guys are now everybody out here is fighting for a championship. They yeah. have it yeah. realistically within view. Yeah, they, There's a clear path to a championship for every team left. You're at the table. We always talk about a spot at the table. Now you're at the table You're and who's going to get the, there's one meal. It's a month of football. It's a month of football. You win four games or three games if you were one of the teams with mm-hmm. a bye. And that's it. Yeah. You lose, you go home, you mm-hmm. win, you keep playing until you get a chance. You win until there's no football left. Yeah. You keep winning until there's no football left. Now, I, I understand what you're saying, you know, that, that playoff mentality. I feel like this year was more like, more like past years. How so? In – for me, as an Eagles fan, and I'm I'm speaking without objectivity. Uh, I'm speaking out of pure passion and emotion. Eagles had six losses. Mm-hmm. They lost to Seattle for their sixth loss of the season. You at the time you were looking down at the schedule, and you saw two win Miami, two win Giants, two win. Washington Redskins, then the Dallas Cowboys. 
And you were thinking, okay, yeah, you know, six losses, not necessarily how I thought the season was going to go, but hey, you know what? I'm looking at a lot. I'm looking at a lot of get right on the schedule. They come out to shoot. Philadelphia Eagles come out to shoot and lose to the Miami Dolphins. Let's see. I'm going to let you finish. Mm-hmm. I'm going to pull a Kanye right quick. I'm uh-huh. going to let you finish. Okay. But the game you just mentioned was the one game I had bad feelings about the whole time. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the NBA where you show up, you f- three in the morning, go to your hotel, sleep for a couple hours, then you're at shoot around, mm-hmm. then back to your hotel for a couple hours, take a nap, and then you have a game. This is the NFL. You're in town for a couple of days. You're you're going from Philly, where it's been cold and miserable weather, to Miami, where it, it, it it's Miami, mm-hmm. and you've got a lot of young guys who no, may not necessarily know how to handle that situation going to Miami. If Miami had been coming to Philly. I'm like, yeah, we're going to blow them out. Mm-hmm. Going to Miami with that inexperienced team, I think there may have been – how can I say this? I think that game, there probably were some defensive team-building exercises on Saturday night. Uh-huh. And somewhere involved, there may have been some exposure to the Miami flu. Uh-huh. You know, it was a team-building exercise for the defense. Yes. yes. This is, is my suspicion. This is pure speculation. Understood. Understood. But but there were some team-building activities and, you know, mm-hmm. some group outings. That might have. And somewhere in there, they yeah. were exposed to a contagion known as the Miami flu. Understood. I've, I've, I've suffered that before. It's been a long time, but I've, 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 I, know, I know of what you speak. Now, I will say this, because you raise a very good point about – not having a good feeling about this. I am not there with you per se. However, I would say that at no point in time did the result of that game mm-hmm. surprise me. Like Now, you said you went into that game having a bad I feeling. I had a bad feeling. Mm-hmm. Now, that I understand. I'm saying I did not share that feeling. I thought that the Eagles But you were, weren't surprised. Yeah, it didn't shock me. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. the, the, the offense. That, like if it if it had been the offense that came out and scored nothing, mm-hmm. that would have shocked me. Like how did we go out there and score nothing? But the fact that guys look kind of flat and sluggish mm-hmm. on defense, yeah. and when, when you're in a situation where you have to play a reactionary position, mm-hmm. and and in that circumstance to come out and struggle, mm-hmm. yeah, that that didn't surprise me at all. Okay, and that and I again speculation. But that feels like a very Miami thing. Mm-hmm. No, I understand. Well, I will say that once again, the the result of the game did not shock me. I wasn't surprised, mm-hmm. but I was plenty angry. Oh, I was absolutely you angry. Know, I'm so angry. Wh- whether or not I felt good about that game, whether mm-hmm. or not I I expected what happened, mm-hmm. I it was shouldn't have angry. It yeah. should not it, have it happened. It shouldn't happen. It was shouldn't inexcusable happen. against a team that has no interest in winning this season, mm-hmm. and. You let them go out there and put up, what, 34 on you? Yeah. No, 37. I'm 37 sorry. and come from behind. You were winning that game. Eagles were winning that game. 
But nonetheless, the point is now you sit, you come out of New, you come out of New, uh, New England and Seattle. Mm-hmm. Two games where once again you you know they they you, hung you, twice. You knew those were the tough ones. Yeah, you knew and, those were the tough ones. And you fought. Your defense held. Yeah. what seventeen was mm-hmm. the most you gave up in those. Two, those you played two games. both of those teams tough. Mm-hmm. You played both of those teams tough, and now you're looking down and had the line. chances to win both of those mm-hmm. games. So I'm sitting here at that point. Now we lose to Miami, mm-hmm. and. You go back and forth. You can talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and the struggles that they've had, the obstacles that they've had. But at some point in time, you're trying to debate whether or not you feel like this team is better than the Dallas Cowboys. And after a loss to Miami. And and see, here's the thing. mm -hmm. After the loss to Miami, that was loss number seven. Yes. I will admit. I I, I like to to admit when I was right. Mm -hmm. I admit when I was wrong. Mm Mm-hmm. At loss number seven for the Eagles, I thought the season was over. Like these guys are done. Mm-hmm. Well, I would say I would say this that I'm not. I wouldn't say that I thought the season was done. Oh, I thought they were done with the injury. Mm-hmm. When you when you factor in the injuries mm-hmm. and everything else yeah. that kept adding up, mm-hmm. I thought it was too much for that team to overcome. I didn't think they were done, but I wasn't going to work really hard. To, I wasn't going to work really hard for that argument. If you came in here, if we did a show after that, and you were like, mm-hmm. man, the Eagles are done, you know what? I, I would say no, th- no, they're not, but I'm going to let you finish. <laughs> like, fortunately, we were on ho- a holiday break, so yeah. I didn't have to go on air with those mm-hmm. opinions, saying, I mm-hmm. like, yeah, we're, I, think, yeah I, mean, it, I think we're done, it's over. Yeah. But, you're looking so, at so there's, there's no history of that, but I'm going to admit it openly anyway. Mm-hmm. I was, I'm, and I'm glad I was wrong. Yeah. Well, look, man, there's a reason. I'm glad to be wrong on that one. There's. Look, there are one way too many receipts out there for people, you know, to deny. There's no need to hide from it. It's like, mm-hmm. look, man, team just lost to Miami for the seventh loss of the season. You're sitting there looking at a boatload of injuries mm-hmm. to key players. And this, after you th- lose to Miami, you can't have confidence that we're guaranteed to beat Washington. You mm-hmm. can't have confidence you're guaranteed to beat the Giants mm-hmm. twice. You can't get. You definitely can't feel feel confident. You're about to go in there and beat Dallas, who has mm-hmm. at that point the number one offense in the league. After the, you can't feel confident about what's going forward. You after can't you feel confident. You can't feel confident. And you know, we one thing we did talk about the last time you and I did a show together. We talked about the Dallas Cowboys and whether or not, despite what's going on with them, they've been re- relatively healthy throughout the season. And we'll kind of yeah. use this. We'll kind of use this as our piv- as our one, pivot point. One or two places on the offensive line, they mm-hmm. were dinged up, but for the most part, they were healthy. Uh, yeah. But you looked at, I guess, for me, and where you and I differ in opinion was the expectation that Dallas could figure it out. And to your credit. To your credit, you were someone who didn't really have a lot of expectation for Dallas to pull it out. No. And for me, I, I felt like where I was coming from was not – I felt like Dallas had too many, had too much talent too much talent to just be – to completely buffoon this thing away. Now, see, here's the thing. What and – and I'm not saying this directed towards you, but a mm-hmm. lot of people in general often forget when you look at teams' records mm-hmm. – 
in the, in the NFL or any professional sport. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, this team has nine, lo- ten losses. They stink. How many of those losses are by three points, by five points, one play here, one turnover there? These guys on NFL rosters were all everything their whole lives before they got in order to make it to the NFL. Most of them are, outside of the NFL, the best athlete that they people around them know. It So by that standard, in the NFL especially, the way the league is structured, the talent gap between your great teams mm-hmm. and your worst teams really usually isn't as wide as it's made out to be. Mm-hmm. Your worst teams have been drafting some really high-end talent probably over the last couple of years. Yeah. And if they weren't, it's because they weren't really that bad a team. They might need a quarterback or they lost one guy here. Mm-hmm. But there's talent there. Okay. So – when you look at a team like Dallas, the Dallas Cowboys, and we're talking about them, whether or not you trust them to be able to figure it out because there's so much talent. Yeah, they are a very talented team, probably one of the more talented teams. But in the NFL, talent alone will not get the job done. Mm-hmm. And they're still, at this point as we speak, head coach Jason Garrett, What's going on with that? Let's see that, and that's where we're going. Because they're still at this point, as we speak, head coach has had twenty years as a cowboy, including seven and a half as Aikman's backup, four mm-hmm. and a, four and a half as an offensive coordinator, mm-hmm. and then another nine or so as a head coach mm-hmm. to figure it out. He hasn't he hasn't figured anything out yet. This isn't their first talented team. Demarco Murray re- led the re- league in Russia. Des Bryant was a weapon in his prime. Tony Romo, when healthy, was a very good quarterback. They've had good offensive line pieces and good defensive players before. This is there. How many years have you gone into the season hearing everybody picking? This is the Cowboys' year. This is the Cowboys' year. This is the Cowboys' year. The one thing. There are two common threads. Two, one Jason Garrett. Two, the owner. Okay. Let me ask you a real quick question, because I, I want your opinion on this. I had made a reference. I made a comparison. Kind of got in trouble for it on uh, Twitter. I'm listening. But I compared Jason Garrett and his longevity in uh, in Dallas to Marvin Lewis's longevity in Cincinnati. <laughs> and you got yeah. in trouble for this. Oh, yeah, yeah. A couple of Marvin Lewis fans, they got mad. They they wanted to give me all the smoke. How many playoff appearances did Marvin Lewis have? Do you know? Mar- Marvin Lewis was 0-7 in the playoffs. So he had seven playoff appearances. Seven playoff appearances, won the division, how many play- I believe. How many playoff appearances has Jason Garrett had? He's won the division three times. Won the division three times, and I think two playoff wins. Two playoff wins, but that might be three playoff appearances in nine years. Mm-hmm. So three versus seven. Marvin, like the guy who consistently gets you to the playoffs and you're in the dance like we talked about to open the show mm-hmm. where you have a clear path to winning and you can see it, mm-hmm. that guy I see giving him another shot. A guy who has overwhelming talent and all the resources in the world available to him. Mm-hmm. And 
66% of the time, he's not in the dance. Two-thirds of the time, he's not there. And the three out of nine times he won the division and had a home game, he won two games and then nothing. And I know a lot of people will talk about, oh, well, that, Des, that, that was a catch or whatever else you say, want to say. End of the day, you didn't get it done. If the if the game is in the, at a position where the ref can decide the game, that means for the other 59-plus minutes of the game, you weren't, you weren't winning. Yeah, you, you weren't, weren't getting, getting it done. done. Yeah. And you didn't do enough to win for, the, for 60 minutes. It's not one play that decides any game. So, yeah, as far as that goes, get over it. You, you have a guy who I had no reason to believe in Jason Garrett that he would get it done. Everyone talked about this was the Cowboys year. Well, no, there's a, well, first of all, Cowboys fans say that every year, mm-hmm. and it might not. And I, I say that. And, and, now, in their defense, mm-hmm. most years, their team has at least enough talent for as a fan, they should believe they're at least a playoff team. To be fair. Cowboys in most years have enough talent to be a playoff team. This year, they had more than enough talent considering what actually did come out of the division look at their, to be a playoff Look team. at their big three. Mm-hmm. Dak Prescott had 4,900 yards, 30 TDs. Zeke rushed for 1,300 yards. Mari Cooper almost 1,200 yards catching. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of talent. That's a lot of talent. That's your big three, you know, your big three mm-hmm. stepped up. Okay. But then you also look then you look at eight and eight. One in five against playoff teams. All right. They beat the Phil- they beat the Eagles. All right, let's look at this a different way. Okay, go ahead. Okay, because I hear you and I agree. That, that, so if I tell you I could give you a receiving core of Randall Cobb, Michael Gallup, and Amari Cooper, would you take it? You're building yeah. you're building an NFL team, I tell yeah. you. You can have this group of three receivers. Yeah. Can you, you work know, with? Can you Gall- work with it? Gallup is solid. Okay. Randall Cobb is a, is a seasoned vet, good number two, and you got Amari Cooper, who's your number one guy. So that's a good receiver. Yeah, team. I'll take that. And the, all right, you throw in Jarwin and Witten as your tight ends. That work for you? Yeah, Witten's a little long in the tooth, but all right, he's a, he can he's, catch. He's still a better tight end than he is a, a commentator. So all right, cool. All right. So I, I throw in Ezekiel Elliott, and you're happy with your skill players. Mm-hmm. Arguably best running back in the league. Right. I, I say arguably because that's a debate. There's another guy in the division you could talk about. Too. Yeah, but 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 arguably the yeah. best in the league. Arguably is fair. Mm-hmm. He's a, it's a fair argument the least to have. Mm-hmm. And then you give I give you the Cowboys offensive line. Does that get it done for you? Solid offensive line. Okay. Quarterback. Dak doesn't suck. Do you think he's good enough to win with? Yes or no. Hmm. I'm not saying is he the greatest quarterback in the league. Because no, well, we've, we've seen a lot of quarterbacks who weren't great mm, win. Yeah. So well, it's a different – so the question well, I'm asking you is do you believe he's good enough to win with? You say, you say good. It's hard, enough, it's, it's hard to see, I mean, 4,900 yards passing, 30 TDs, and say he's not good. No. You know, you know, you didn't say great. You didn't say no, elite. And that's you what said I, and, good. And that's what I mean. And that's where I'm setting that baseline. Mm-hmm. Trent Dilfer won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Rex Grossman has been to a Super Bowl. 
Peyton Manning was a shell of himself when he won his last Super Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Brad Bowl. Brad Johnson won a Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. So this, this is what I mean. Um, oh, I, I can even forget. The first backup QB to win a, a – Jeff Hotstetler won a Super Bowl. So Nick Foles won a Super Bowl. That's what I mean. Like you don't have to be great to win, mm-hmm. but there's a difference between being got, like we're not talking about guys who I just say are bums. They can't get it done. There are some guys who are like, no, he's not good enough to win with. Mm-hmm. But there's a different. You don't have to be great to be good enough to win. So looking at that, mm-hmm. you would say he's good enough to win with. Yes. I mean, so, granted, you're still talking. I mean. Up until now, up until week 17 of this season, you were talking about the quarterback of the defending division champions. They won the division last year. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he was good enough to get you into the playoffs. And that was good. And that was a season that started with Zeke on the bench because uh, he was suspended. So, you know, you talk about is Dak good enough, you know, with the with, with the line being it good. Once again, not great, not elite. Good. Yeah, I think that's okay. good enough. So what we're saying, so I think we would agree then that talent wise, yeah, the Cowboys team. are good enough the to Cowboys win. The Cowboys and that's what and that's what scares so me. So talent wise, yeah. they underachieved. That's what yeah. we're saying. It's based on their talent. We think the Cowboys not everything else above besides the talent. Just the on field talent. We you feel think the like talent underachieved? Do we feel like the team, the Cowboys underachieved? Yeah. If you you once again, you're looking at a quarterback with 4,900 yards, 30 TDs, running back with uh, so eight and eight's yards. not good. Eight and eight's eight, not good eight. enough. Shouldn't be eight and eight. All right, then this is what I want you to do. Okay. If their talent's there and the team underachieved, what's the problem? Think about it. We're gonna take a break. Come back. We're gonna get into it. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com. Slash BITW Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo Squad. The construction Tims are classic in Philly they and are. New York. They are. Connecticut. James Lewis. I've never been to Connecticut, man. Connecticut, Jersey. You're definitely from uptown, New York. You're definitely Manhattan, from New York if you Harlem. shouted out Connecticut. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for sticking around through the break. We are back. Mike Jones, John Brown with another episode of Offense, Dis- Offense Defense, and Discord. There you go. I wanted to get to the discourse a little too quick because mm-hmm. we got out of left the first segment. We were talking about the Cowboys. Yeah. And we're, this is we're, fun for me to talk yeah. about the Cowboys We're in right our now. wheelhouse right now. We, like, we usually have our best conversations and our best dialogue and our more interesting shows when we talk about bad teams. And the Cowboys, well, do they qualify as a bad team? Are they in the playoffs right now? No. Then they're a bad team. So if you're not in the playoffs, you're a bad team. Yeah. If you're in the playoffs, you're a good team. Yeah. Is it that straightforward? Yeah. 
Is it? Yeah. Now, if you want to get into, you know, the semantics, you want to get into the details or whatever, that's fine. I, it, to me, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. How good you are, how bad you are, are you the best of the bad, or, you know, whatever. But the bottom line is, you know, the good teams are in, the bad teams are out. Theoretically, at least. Yeah. See, you, see, you want to debate this point. I don't. So badly. Yeah, you do. <laughs> Yeah, you do, and you're going down this road. You don't want to go down this road. You don't want to debate how good these teams are, whether they qualify as bad. Bottom line is Dallas Cowboys ain't in the playoffs because they're bad. I'm just looking to see if there's anybody not in the playoffs that I wouldn't just flat out call a like, bad team. Like well, I was saying a couple years ago. And, and I would say at this point, you're right. Mm-hmm. There's – like. There's only one team that I wouldn't flat out call a bad team, mm-hmm. but they weren't good. They were seven and nine. Oh, and that's that? the Oakland Raiders. Okay. Other than that, yeah, they're bad. Uh, th- there was a couple bad teams. A couple of years ago, it was long. It was just because the team, just the way the NFL worked that season. But if you remember, a couple of years ago, in fact, we're not even not even a couple. We're probably talking about ten, twelve years ago. Uh, Tom Brady got uh, the year he was hurt. Yeah, the year Matt he was Cass- hurt. Was yeah. it Matt Castle that played for him? Mm-hmm. Matt Castle played for him. They won eleven they, games mm-hmm. and, missed still, the and missed the playoffs. Yeah, you know those types so, of situations. You know, are mm-hmm. all right. And I think that's kind of just where my brain went. Like, yeah. usually you're right, but every now and then, so yeah, I, there's there's exceptions. There are exceptions, yeah. but for the most part, yeah, the good yeah. teams are in, the bad teams are out. Yeah, but we're talking about the Dallas Cowboys and. Just where we left off the last conversation, we talked about the talent that they have on offense. And and we agreed that, on paper at least, the talent they have is good enough to win with on offense side of the ball. Good enough to win with and played at a fairly high level. And the defensive side of the ball, I'm I'm not going to go through listing all their players, but they have some players on every level, the D-line, the linebackers, Mm -hmm. secondary. Linebacking core is honestly probably probably one of the best in the league. Mm-hmm. The defensive line, you've got Demarcus Lawrence, you've got some Gregory, some good rushers. You've got Byron Jones in the secondary, who's a a very good cornerback. You've got players at every level of the defense. So again, I think we'd agree there is talent there, especially when you consider how prolific that offense can be. Again, as we've mentioned before, I'm not sure what the final numbers were, but for much of the season, they were statistically the number one offense in the league. Mm-hmm. You've said it yourself. Dak had 4,900 yards. Ezekiel Elliott had, what, 1,300-plus yards. Mm-hmm. So that's that's 6,200 yards of offense right there. That's a lot of yardage. And that's not even counting Amari Cooper, who had almost 1,200 yards receiving. But that comes that comes is, is accounted for with Dak's yards. Yeah. But with Dak's passing yards and, and Zeke's rushing yards, you're at 6,200 yards of offense. Mm-hmm. Still got Tony Pollard out there run, pack, picking up some rushing yards as well. Great change of pace. Mm-hmm. Back, yeah. So you got, you're over, you've got a very competent offense, which means with the talent you have on defense, you should be able to outscore your opponents. I'm not saying you go out there and hold them to three points every game, mm-hmm. but the I think of the old Jim Johnson philosophy with Andy Reid, 17. That was the number. Mm-hmm. The defense was that we can if you can score us 17 points or more, you'll win. Mm-hmm. 
because we can keep them under that. And that was pretty much the philosophy they lived by. And they won a lot of games doing that. Dallas should be at least talented enough to do that. Set a number somewhere in that 17 range. You're like, yeah, we can keep you under that. And we can score more than that. I don't get why they haven't been able to do that. And as I mentioned, there are only two possible problems at this point. The owner or the head coach. Does it have to be the owner or the head coach? Can it be the owner and or the head coach? I mean, coach? it can it can be a combination or some combination thereof. Okay. I'll say it that way. The owner, the head coach, or there's some combination thereof. It does not have to be one or the other. It can be both. Let's start with the head coach. Okay. You know how I feel. I don't believe that he's capable of getting it done as a head coach. I believe he could be a good offensive coordinator. I believe he knows football X's and O's. Mm -hmm. I don't believe he's able of instilling the necessary level of discipline, respect, maybe even bordering on fear that's necessary for a head coach. People know you go play for Bill Belichick and you don't get your job done, you're not going to have a job tomorrow. People know you go play for Jason Garrett and don't execute. He's going to be clapping it up and smacking you on the butt when you come to the sideline mm-hmm. and talking. And then that that level of – yeah, fear, I guess, is a proper – there has to be an adequate level of fear there with the head coach. I heard someone say it earlier in the week. I can't recall necessarily who. And I, but I agree completely with the concept that, yeah, your positional coaches can be the nice guys. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that can encourage you and pat you on the back. The head coach, there needs to be that. Like, where it's, there are times where he can be positive, but he has to be able to be the bet. The head coach has to be able to play bad cop. Mm-hmm essentially is what it comes down to. Like, you can't lean on your position coaches to be the bad cop and get on the guys and drill them about execution if they know the head coach is just going to pat me on the back and say I'm great. doesn't work that way because the responsibility flows from the top down. So if the head coach isn't setting that standard, if the head coach isn't setting that baseline of expectations, it doesn't matter what the assistants do. It doesn't matter what your wide receivers coach or your offensive line coach or your defensive line coach or even your offensive coordinator or defensive coordinator have to say because the head coach is clapping it up on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. That's all right, guys. We'll, we'll get them next time. There And there are moments for that, but that can't just be the default position every time. Now, well, let me, this is Jason Car- Garrett's ninth full season as a head coach. He took over halfway through his first season. This is his fourth, eighth, eight and eight season. Four eight and eight seasons. It's like how? I mean, the Cowboys really under his watch. The Cowboys have really had maybe one really poor season. 2015, they went four and twelve. Mm-hmm. But there's a lot of eight and eights. 
there's a nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Then you have then you have three double digit uh, win seasons. Those are the three 12. years he won the division. Mm-hmm. One uh, went twelve and four in two thousand fourteen. Went thirteen and three in two thousand sixteen. Went ten and six in two thousand eighteen. Other than that, you're talking one losing season and the rest eight and eights and one nine and seven. But throughout most of those years, I think there is a consistent theme of those teams had talent. Mm-hmm. They were never in a situation where like these guys, oh man, they don't have a quarterback. They're they're in trouble. Oh man, they don't have an offensive line at all. They're done. They don't have any weapons. What are they going to do? These were never questions you asked about the Cowboys. So again, for me, first place I'm looking is the head coach. Why aren't these guys ready to play if you have all this talent? Now, the funny thing is when I try to answer that question about the head coach and why the head coach doesn't get it done, it brings me to the owner and the type of coach the owner wants to be able to work with Mm -hmm. because the guys who actually did win for him weren't the type of guys who he wanted to work with because – they would disagree with them. So remember a couple of minutes ago when I was talking about how it's not going to work when the, the guys can say, well, the assistant's being the bad cop, but I can go over his head to the good guy. What happens when you can go over the head coach's head to the owner, who's also the GM, and makes it very clear that all the buck stops with him all the time? Mm-hmm. How do you deal with that then? How is the coach empowered to succeed at all the coaches who were able to flex a little muscle and did have a little bit of bravado and establish themselves as the leader of the team were gone in short order so jimmy johnson was only coach for five seasons mm -hmm. won two super bowls won two super bowls built the dynasty Mm mm-hmm those were those were his teams. Barry Switzer was only there for th- uh, excuse me four seasons. Won a Super Bowl. One losing season. Mm-hmm. One losing season was six and ten. One losing season. Then you're talking about Chan Gailey. Didn't last very long. Dave Campo didn't last very long. Bill Parcells lasted four seasons. Mm-hmm. Ten and six, six and ten, nine and seven, nine and seven. So three years above 500. Three winning seasons in four years. Mm -hmm. And then was gone for similar reasons to why Jimmy Johnson was gone. Mm -hmm. The guys who were there four or five years and were winning for you were unceremoniously ushered out of the building. The guys who were the one guy who has been the ultimate yes man never ruffled a feather. The ownership sees them as family, but it'd be one thing. You remember we talk we talk from the perspective of Eagles fans. It, 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 I'm glad you said that. Mm-hmm. If Jason Garrett had Andy Reid level success, where you make it to multiple championship games, you mm-hmm. got to a Super Bowl, you're winning divisions multiple times fairly Mm -hmm. the expectation is for you to win the division Mm -hmm. at bare minimum make the playoffs you're not missing the playoffs too often you're the results are there consistently Mm -hmm. and the only thing that's missing from your resume as a super bowl win 
then yeah, I get bringing you back for mm-hmm. 10 years. If you are the epitome of mediocrity, prior to them acquiring Dak and Zeke in, in that draft, mm-hmm. I believe that, if memory serves me correctly, Jason Garrett was actually a 500 coach on the nose. Like He's the definition of mediocrity. What, uh, what was Dak's first year? Same as Wentz, so that would have been 2016. 2016. So that Dak's rookie year, mm-hmm. they went 13 and three. Yes, that was his rookie year. Okay, you still so yeah. You know what you're talking. This this is what we're talking about before Dak's rookie year. You said 2016. Mm-hmm. We're talking eight and eight. Uh huh. Eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Eight and eight. Mm-hmm. Twelve and four. Okay, so you're four games over 500 at this point. Four and twelve. Now you're right back to eight. You're right back to five hundred. Mm-hmm. They go thirteen and three. Mm-hmm. Then they go nine and seven. Mm-hmm. Ten and six. Mm-hmm. Eight and eight. Okay, so they're a little bit over five hundred, mm-hmm. but it's very close. They are, they are mediocre. They're a mediocre team. That's mm-hmm. all. Jason Jason Garrett, like I said, I think he knows football. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be out there like completely clueless, but they. They're lacking something. They're lacking an edge, a, a commitment to excellence that would take them to the next level. You never come out, one thing you'll never expect from, say, a Belichick team is that they came out unprepared. Mm-hmm. An Andy Reid team, there were things you'd say about them, but you never said they came out. You might have th- said they were under-talented in positions. Mm-hmm. You might have said the scheme was bad on some things. There were but, very few, or I'll say there, were, there might have been, a, there might have been slip-ups. Mm-hmm. They might have come out unprepared a game or two, like you say, like you made the point about Belichick. You might say they were unprepared. You might say that about that last game of the season mm-hmm. against Miami, but it's never been like an entire. It's never been an extended it, stretch yeah. of that. You know, it might. You know, every team you know slips up every now and then. Exactly. But, but yeah. But, but to your point, yeah. But, but we're talking about a guy every year eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight, eight and eight, and he's been able to keep his job. He's been there nine seasons, dude. Now, see, and and the thing is, in most situations, if that were to happen and a team held on to a coach for that long and achieved that level of mediocrity, you know what happens? The GM gets fired Mm -hmm. because the GM should have known better than to keep the coach around that long. They'll they'll put the coach GM in a situation where he has an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. Change the coach and we'll give you another chance chance or or you can get fired with him. That that might be best case scenario for the GM if that happens, but the GM's the owner. So again, I have to ask: Is the owner the problem? Yeah. Yes. Yes, and yes. The answer to all these questions: Yes, and yes. So if, yes, it's the owner. Yes, it's the it's the owner slash GM. Mm-hmm. And it's the coach. So if the ownership is the GM is the problem, and the owner's the GM, this is an unfixable situation. This is, if I could compare it to something, if I could make a baseball analogy, this is a lot like what Baltimore, how Baltimore fans feel about the Orioles. You know, where they're, 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 I'm they're listening. Frust- I mean, in, in the sense that they're frustrated and they feel like it starts at the top and they feel like the owner doesn't get it. The owner doesn't understand. They feel, and, when, and to bring it back to the Cowboys, they feel like they see Jerry Jones sitting up there in his luxury uh, his luxury uh, box, 
mm-hmm. looking at that big giant TV screen over this huge stadium, and he just doesn't get it. He what? wants he. Jerry Waiting Jones. to sail off on the world's biggest yacht. Yeah, but it's like which he, I'm pretty sure he does own. Actually, he Jerry Jones completely encaptures what you and I find most annoying about Cowboys fans. When yeah. you meet a Cowboys fan, what are what are Cowboys fans talking to you about? Super Bowls from when I was the nineties. Yeah, from from when I was from before I had a facial hair. Super for for yeah, exactly. I still had a flat top. Exactly. Super Bowls from when not only I had a high top fade when they were when not, they were winning Super. Not Bowl. only were Biggie and Pac alive, Biggie and Pac were friends when the, when the Dallas Cowboys were winning Super. I, in fact, you know what? They might not have met each other yet. There's a <laughs> that that does put it into perspective. Big and Pac were still friends. The bottom line, the bottom line is the last when Dallas Cowboy fans. The last time they watched when they watched their team win a Super Bowl, that TV station went off the air at 2 a.m. because they wrapped up their broadcast day. I mean, I mean, I can't argue with you at all. Mm-hmm. I mean, Cowboy. Okay, now I'll say this: mm-hmm. Cowboys fans from Texas, Oklahoma, somewhere in that mm-hmm. area. I don't know any. I get it. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm sure. Cowboys I, fans who've never been outside of Pennsylvania or Jersey or wherever mm-hmm. else you're from. Yeah, that makes no sense to me. Makes none. It makes none. But the point that I, the point that I am trying to make here is that. Jerry Jones believes in what he did to build that Cowboys dynasty of the nineties. Like here, this is my this is my resume. Do you, look what I did? But the thing is, you know what Jerry Jones actually did do to build that dynasty? He got out the way. He hired Jimmy Johnson and let Jimmy Johnson do his job. And then somehow, in Jerry Jones's mind, he. And, on, and in some respects, he is responsible for the job that Jimmy Johnson did in that he recognized the talent in a college coach and put him in that position to seed and gave him the room to work so that he could succeed. But the success almost seems like to have been too much for Jerry. Like, he drank his own Kool-Aid. He definitely drank his own Kool-Aid. Uh, he he definitely drank his own Kool-Aid, and he's now, I feel like he operates under this mindset like, hey, I did this before. I can do this again. Mm-hmm. But meanwhile. Not we. Yeah, or no, oh, no. Oh, oh hell no. I. Not we. I. I did this before. I can do this again. Mm-hmm. And the fact of the matter is most of the, m- most cowboy, you know, fans, Sycophants, whatever you want to call them, <laughs> but they'll they'll drink that Kool Aid. They'll still call them America's team. They'll talk about how they're. The, 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 I think this that's is their what year. offends me the most is the America's team. Oh thing. yeah, yeah. But but the fact that but the fact remains, 
here we are once again after another Dallas Cowboys 8-8 eight and eight season. Mm-hmm. And you're sitting there trotting this dude out. And they were in the driver's seat all year long. In the driver's seat. No, it, remember how – And then they, when it came time to win, lost, lost, lost. Oh, we still have a shot to just beat the Eagles. No, lost. They beat the Eagles 31-7. Mm-hmm. Destroyed the Eagles. Throttled the Eagles. They beat the Eagles with Alshon. They beat the Eagles with Aguilar. They beat mm-hmm. the Eagles with Jordan Howard. And you know what? We're going to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. And then we're not going to do. We're going to do that in another segment. We're not going to do that in this segment because mm-hmm. I want to talk about that too. Mm-hmm. We, we we're going to talk some Eagles today. Okay, yeah, definitely. Because the Eagles have a playoff game, and we mm-hmm. brushed on it, but we got to get into that. Okay. So, but let me let me just let me just go, finish my point about mm-hmm. about Dallas. But the fact of the matter is, you as we talk about the Eagles and how they overcame injury and different obstacles to come back and win this division. Cowboys were healthy. All year long for the Cowboys most part. were healthy, and you destroyed an Eagles team when they were a lot healthier than they were uh, two weeks ago. Sort of. They were a lot healthier I mean, they had, on offense. Okay, okay. On defense, that secondary they rolled out there for the Minnesota game mm-hmm. and the Dallas game. Yeah. Was Touché, good point. Yep. A lot of guys who probably might have been sitting next to me in the movie theater the, that last week or mm-hmm. something. You like these guys weren't NFL players mm-hmm. a couple weeks prior to that game. So the defense got healthy, and then the guys that were in the movie theater moved over to offense, pretty much, and played with them. And Dax, and then and Carson leads them to victory. Mm-hmm. You here's the. You had the division in your hand. You had an opportunity to step on the neck of the Philadelphia Eagles and vanquish them. And you could not score a touchdown? You have Dak, you have Zeke, you have Amari Cooper, and you could only muster up nine points. But, but see, that's the thing. It's not just that they couldn't beat the Eagles. They did not beat anyone with a record of above 500 going into the game all season mm-hmm. except the Los Angeles Rams. Mm-hmm. One win against a team with a record above 500. One win with a record above 500. One win against, against a team with a 500 record. And that was the Eagles who in that early game was were 3-3 three and three going into the game mm-hmm. and struggling. They were coming off that loss to Minnesota where they looked abysmal. Mm-hmm. And then – they looked abysmal against Dallas again. It was bad. So, like, th- if you think about – and the, now, the Rams had been playing good football going into that Dallas game. I actually thought the, Dal- the Rams were going to handle their business against Dallas in that game mm-hmm. because Dallas, again – and I said, I'm going to do it. Go ahead. I'm, I'm going to do it. Go ahead. The Go Cowboys ahead. are frauds. Say it, you feel good. The Cowboys are frauds. Yeah. Because I, I didn't have any. I didn't have the Falcons to talk about this year. Mm-hmm. The Falcons have moved from being frauds to they're just a bad team. Mm-hmm. People are on to them. The, the Cowboys, they're that team now mm-hmm. that has talent, should be better. They'll do enough to make you think they're good. Early on in the year, the Cowboys are blowing teams out, Ooh, yeah. running up the score, and record is impressive. First place team, and then second half of the season when you start playing teams with, and you know, people like us, mm-hmm. we're sitting around saying like, yeah, but this first half schedule is weak. 
they played the Eagles' second half schedule in the first half. They had the Miamis and the Jets. Mm-hmm. And the They came out, beat the Giants, mm-hmm. beat the Redskins, mm-hmm. beat the Dolphins. Mm-hmm. Handily. Three by very bad teams. Yeah. Three of the worst teams in the league by record this mm-hmm. year. Then came out, lost to the Saints. A good First a good team they played, they lost. Mm-hmm. Lost to the Packers. Mm-hmm. Second good team that they played, they lost. Now, here, here's the thing, and, and this is kind of what, 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 what messed things up for Eagles fans. They lose to the Jets for their third straight loss. And you're sitting there thinking, like, okay, that's when it was more, it went from a subtle, hey, man, this team's kind of fraudulent, mm-hmm. to, oh, my God, these dudes are straight up frauds. They're, they're straight up frauds. But then for Eagles fans, that then went to uh, 37 to 10 loss, and you might have believed that the Cowboys are frauds, but the, you can't call a team that just beat your team 37 to 10. You, know, you, you can't, can't say it too but, loud. I, but but in you, the back of your but mind. If, you, again, this is where I like to talk about objectivity because you also are looking at how the Cowboys ran, won that game and they won it the same way the Vikings did in the passing game, running by corners who shouldn't have been starters in the NFL at that point, and two weeks later were no longer starters in the NFL. They were placeholders for in, for not one, not two, but three. Mills was out. Darby was out. Avante Maddox was out. Mm-hmm. So like, your, your three mo- – Craven LeBlanc was out. Who was at point, the guy at this point last year? We're asking who was he, but he actually proved that he can play at a decent level. Mm-hmm. All these guys are out, so they're throwing the ball around against guys who they're throwing the ball around, and probably and Carson Wentz had a horrific game. Mm-hmm. I think he would turn the ball over the first two first, first two drives two, of the game. First two drives of the game turned the ball over, and Dallas had a short field to work with, okay. and from then it was off to the races. Exactly. It was off to the races, but nonetheless, it, it brings you back to. I mean, you you made you made the proclamation. There will be there will always be discourse on this show, but I agree with you wholeheartedly. Say say those say those words again. Those that four, those four wonderful words. The Cowboys are frauds. It, it's official now. They're frauds. Shout out to Ashley Baker, friend of the show. <laughs> Cowboys fans. Right now, I, I, I've been trying to uh, trying to start a new leaf here. Uh, she's just gonna have to be mad. Yeah, at oh, me oh, oh, yeah. I, I, I'm trying to get back on my healthy dean this year. You know, it's mm-hmm. New Year, drinking. You know, normally we got the libations flowing while we do the show. You know, I, I got I got the cold ones, but I, I got some. Well, what I thought, what people might think is water. That's Cowboys fans' tears right there. <laughs> All right. That's a a gallon of Cowboys fans tears. On that note, we're going to take another break, and we'll be back in a couple minutes. Mike Jones, John Brown with ODD. We'll be right back. Mm, Tasty. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. 
Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmode Squad. Ate off like the assassin, now I'm blasting, I'm taking over. Stick you for your Blue Range Rover. I told ya, Rampage, your real life soldier. Been in the game since the age of 13. James Lewis. Dwelling south for the Hudson. New Jerusalem in seclusion. Uh, Using fake suit news. Yeah. I'm true bad. My travels like a schizo with two tabs with do-rags hanging from my pocket. Huh. What, boy? You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. My suit can still make an impression. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. Brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are certainly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all, we are back. Happy, happy New Year, my friend. Uh, happy New Year. It, although a lot it's not new. It's mm. same old JB, the new, I, I, new Year. I don't know what you're talking about, man. I, I'm, yeah. I'm, You'll continue to say stuff. I'll continue to be right. It'll be what it is. Uh, that's never happened. <laughs> that not in not in my recollection. Well, you know. Well, look. You'll continue to believe you're right. I will continue to set you straight. That's what that's that's because we're that good of friends. And for everybody listening, continue to remember this moment mm-hmm. because next week we'll be recapping how I was right mm-hmm. and how JB wasn't. Uh, okay. Because uh, mm-hmm. now we're actually going to get into actual sports being played this We've week. wasted our time talking about the fraud, the fraudulent Dallas Cowboys. Mm-hmm. We've wasted enough time. It's time to start talking playoff football. Here we are. Playoffs are here. Yeah. The playoffs start Saturday, January 4th, with the AFC wild card round. Yes. AFC gets on the field first. 4 o'clock, four, excuse me, 4.30, I believe, 4.35, something like that for kickoff. Mm-hmm. But it's a 4.30 kickoff, essentially. Yep. You've got Buffalo and Houston. Yes. Let's get straight into it. What do you, okay. Who you got in that game? Buffalo, they got a good defense. They do got a good defense. Young quarterback who's probably – more of a threat with his legs than he is to sit in the pocket and really pick you apart. But you're talking, you're talking about Josh Allen, mm-hmm. okay? But he did get his team to ten wins in the playoffs yeah. this year. So the, we're, we're not going to just say they're a bad team. They're not a no, bad team. No. They're 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 a decent once, team. Once once again, and I understand that this is a very cosmetic statement. I'm not you know this it's is wild card round. Yeah, so it's a wild it's a wild card round, but I feel. If you're in the playoffs, there's a level of good to you. Usually. you Usually. But then if, because I feel like even if you go back a couple of years, like we talked about the possibility. With the Eagles and the Cowboys, we talked about the possibility that those teams, one of those teams could have finished 7-9 and nine mm-hmm. and went to the playoffs. That you know, was it, possible. It, that was possible. But even, you know, when you think of bad teams who've made the playoffs, even bad teams – or bad teams record-wise, mm-hmm. not you know, because sometimes you underachieve. Sometimes things don't work out. Like you can think of a seven and nine team that won a playoff game. Exactly, you can't be that bad if you won a playoff exactly. game. Exactly, or a nine and seven team that wins the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. We've seen that more than once. 
a nine and seven team that wins the Super Bowl, including knocking off an undefeated team, the only the eighteen and zero team in league history, actually, mm-hmm. got knocked off. Got knocked off. So by a nine and seven team. So, so so to me, it's like yes, you know, when once you're in the playoffs, there's a level of good too. Yes, there's always exceptions to the rule. Mm-hmm. But if you're talk, we're talking about the Buffalo Bills, they're in the playoffs. Yeah, so they're like, in the playoffs, and they play in the same division as as the Patriots. Yeah. So like I said, not a bet. Playing in that division is not a plus. Mm. We're not going to talk about that. Like playing in that division is a benefit for them. No, 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 oh, no, no. For, for the no, I meant the exact opposite. For the Bills, that's four guaranteed wins. Mm. Yeah, for, that's four guaranteed will mm. wins. For no, the Bills. I, no, I, I did. I, for I, the I Patriots, the, mm. it's usually five to six guaranteed mm. wins. There may occasionally be one team that's good enough to split with them when they get the Patriots on the road, yeah. and then everybody else they're going to run through. But that's still and two, a lot of years they'll just sweep the division. That's two games against the Patriots, though. That's mm-hmm. I, I, I get that. That's the point that I'm making. You're playing in that division. You know, you know, New England's going to win. But I'll take if I if I'm in a if I'm in the league, I'll take if you're t- showing me my schedule. Like I have to play two games against the Patriots, but. I get four games against the Jets and Bill. I mean, Jets and Dolphins. True. I'll take that trade off. That you know, like if that's the trade off I have to make, or I could play in the NFC North or mm-hmm. something like well, that. Even, well, even now the NFC North, you know, you, well, that's a, the end up with the pa- with Packers. Oh, the, I'm sorry, NFC my, North. I, I the apologize. Packers, I'm thinking the Vikings. NFC North. Okay. You're right. The no. Bears, who were still a rough, right. I, I their, was, their quarterback is bad. But, I was thinking AFC North. I'm okay. thinking Browns okay. and, and and Bengals. Oh uh, no, okay. NFC North. Yeah, they've got they've got some teams up there. They're they're a good division. Or the NFC West, even mm-hmm. where last year's Super Bowl loser is out the playoffs in third place in that division this year. Mm-hmm. That's a good division. But if we're talking about playing those divisions right now, that's one thing. Like I tra- I trade the Bills schedule for their divisional schedules any day. Like, if you could tell me I get to play, okay, yeah, you play the Patriots twice, but you get four against the Bills and Dolphins. I mean, the Jets keep saying the Bills because <laughs> we're talking about the Bills, the Jets and Dolphins. You give me that one, yeah, I'll take it all day. So, the Bills, they're not a bad team. They <laughs> lost to the Eagles. They beat the Cowboys. They've beat some decent teams. They've beat they beat bad teams. It, like they did what they were supposed to do. You play, put them up against a bad team, they beat them. Put them up against a good team, mixed results. So they just, I'd say they at least deserve their chance in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And Houston, they it's been an interesting year for them. Traded Clowney early. JJ JJ Watt seems to have had his annual share of injuries. You've got Deshaun Watson, who is, by all measures, electric. Mm-hmm. At, at some point, he was in the MVP conversation mm-hmm. at one point this year. It's, I think it's 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 leaning now towards Lamar Jackson. That's and, a one-man and, race. Yeah, it's a one-man race. But he was in the conversation for a good por- portion of the season. Yeah, he was one of the better quarterbacks this year. He mm-hmm. makes exciting plays, and he's a winner. He's a winner, and it's, and he's he, at home this year. In the and you first got round. got Carlos Hyde running the ball, who's mm-hmm. no slouch at all. You know, he, you don't really throw his name up there in DeAndre conversations. Hopkins is one of the better receivers in the league. You've mm-hmm. got you've got some talent yeah. out there. Yeah, they got talent, especially on offense. Defense, on the other hand, you know, it's got some injuries. You talked about J.J. Watt. You know, he's uh, he's always finds himself on the injury list. 
on the injury report. They traded away Clowney at the beginning of the season, but they're still, but they've still been able to one win that division. Now they were able to come back and win that division. They were, but the Bills are a team that essentially leans on their defense in the running game, and defense travels. Mm-hmm. The running game travels. You're not out there. Be- depending on timing and being able to hear and communicate and crowd noise isn't going to affect you as much because you're not like in precision timing, passing attacks and things like that. You're out there looking to play defense, play physical football, run the ball, probably keep the score under 21 and win games that way. It's going to be a good game, especially if if you're a fan of defense, because I think that's going to make the difference. I don't think you're going to see a lot of scoring this game. I don't think – so that I guess you answered my next question mm-hmm. then. I don't necessarily think the Bills' defense is going to be able to contain Deshaun Watson and Houston's offense. Really? Okay. And that's what I was about to ask you. Do you mm-hmm. think they will be? Do you think they can keep them under that? Let's say the benchmark is 21. Do you think they can keep them in that 21 and less range? Yeah, I, I, I think, honestly, if anything, I would say what might, what might be their – I guess their downfall might be experience because you're talking about a Houston team that's battle tested, that's been down these roads, have been in the playoffs before, been in these, you know, these dog fights. Mm -hmm. Whereas Buffalo, you know, they're, you know, they're, they're rising. Now now we think of Houston as that veteran team. Their quarterback doesn't have playoff experience. No. He's had some injuries and things that have derailed his playoff aspirations Mm -hmm. earlier in the year. But he does have big game experience in college, if that counts for anything. I think it does. I, I think it does when you're playing at that level. Like, on, like when you're talking, when you're talking about someone who's come from a major program who's played for national championships. I would say this. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I don't know that he's. NFL playoff experience is a different animal. D- definitely, definitely. But I don't expect Deshaun Watson to be the type of kid who chokes. Mm-hmm. I don't think I, he's. I don't think he's going to get caught in a moment. No, I don't know that he's necessarily at this point going to be the guy. Like we're in the playoffs, we're going to next level mode. I don't know that we're there yet. It's still early in his career. Yeah. Not saying that he won't be that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm saying I don't know that we're there yet. Okay, agreed. But I do believe that at this point, I have enough information to know he's not a choke. Mm. It won't be. He might not be able to carry him to a win. But I don't expect him to be the reason they lose. Yeah, okay, exactly. I was thinking the exact same thing. I don't think he's going to lose them this game. I do. Well, I will say this: I believe Houston will pull it out. I, I do think, as well. I, I'm. I firmly believe Houston will win. However, I don't think. I if, think it's going to be a good team effort. Mm-hmm, I don't okay. think it's. I think the running game is going to get involved. Mm-hmm. I think they will be able to somewhat neutralize Buffalo's defense. Mm-hmm. I've got a. 31-24 score for Houston. Thirty-one. Oh, Thirty. I got thirty-one. Thirty-one. So you think they're just going? You think they're going to? I gonna think they're, they're going to score some points. Okay. I think this is going to be low. I, I. I think. I'm thinking twenty-one seventeen. Because with everything I just said about not knowing if Deshaun Watson's there yet, mm-hmm. I kind of have a feeling this will be his first step to showing that he has it. Okay. You think this might be this, uh, this, the, the, the proverbial first, coming out party? Yeah. His, okay. The baby steps to being that next level kind of quarterback. Okay. I, I see winner in Deshaun Watson. Okay. You said 31. Say I, it again. I got 31 24 Houston. 31 24 Houston. 
I said 21-17 Houston. Mm-hmm. And I could see Buffalo being held to 17. Mm. I, if it's 31-17, that won't surprise me. Okay. But I got I got Houston scoring some points. Okay. All right, you want to move on to the next game? Yeah, because there's one more, All which right. is a little bit of a surprise for a lot of people. Tennessee. And it's a shame we didn't have – shout out to my man Mike, Mike Patton. Tennessee at New England. New mm-hmm. England playing in the wild card round for the first time in a, over a decade. They're in the playoffs all the time. They just don't play this round. Yeah. They're usually like – I think the last time they played in the uh, wild card round, they lost. I believe they lost to Baltimore. Either Baltimore or Pittsburgh. Yeah, I want to. I want to say Baltimore. It might have been that year Baltimore went to the uh, went to the Super Bowl. No, 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 no. Because Baltimore that... beat them in the uh, conference championship mm-hmm. that year. Yeah, but that was I, conference championship. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. But it's been a while since we've seen New England in the exactly. wild card round. New See what England. happens when you don't have a producer that can just you know just dole out them things. You got to mm-hmm. look for the stuff yourself. You go out on a limb for for a stat and you get it wrong. <laughs> yeah, it happens. Well, you at least. But anyway. <laughs> See, this is how we starting this year out, y'all. This is how we're starting the year out. But nonetheless, Tennessee at New England. New England, playing. New, New England, they're, New England's an interesting animal this year. Their defense has been great, like all-time great. And then their defense has also been vulnerable in some games. Mm-hmm. And their offense, after – Week one or week two, when they traded Demarius Thomas, no, released Demarius Thomas, waived Josh Gordon, and AB was AB. After all of that happened to their to their receiving core, which at one point, if week one, if you looked at the guys they had on their roster and their receiving core, you'd be like, wow, these guys are dangerous. With Josh Gordon, Antonio Brown, and Demarius Thomas, that's a talented group. None of those guys are there anymore. Mm-hmm. And Gronk's still retired. So you've got Edelman and running backs to throw to. This is – Tom Brady's never had the greatest group of weapons with the exception of the Randy Moss era, which was short-lived, two, three years, something like that. Mm-hmm. But other than that, Tom Brady's been able to work with – a essentially a cast of no names, Chris Hogan, Edelman, and he was nobody before Tom Brady taught you who he was. Um, who was the guy, slot receiver before Edelman? Um, Amendola. Am- Amendola. Mm-hmm. Bef- and before him, there, the one that ended up going to Denver, I can't be – what's his name? Oh, well, I'm blanking. Mm-hmm. But anyway, they, they keep somebody. They're, and these guys, it's like – not great, not many of them. Not pro bowlers. All not all pros, mm. but they'll run a route. They will catch the ball when it gets to them, and Tom Brady knows where they're going to be. That hasn't been the case this year with a rookie, Nikhil Harry, who spent time on the injury list. So he's he's a rookie, and then he's been out. So he's behind where his development should have been at this time in New England system. You've got. Edelman is still Edelman, but defenses can can key on him a lot more without outside receivers or Gronk to draw that attention away from him. And you're just wondering how does New England go about 
generating enough points to to win. How do they go about generating enough points to win? It's going to be Tom Brady. We always talk about, well, I should say, I've, I've always talked about history with this show and always erring on the side of history until something happens to prove history wrong. And it's like we've seen we've seen this before with Tom Brady. Never actually what the like you said, with the exception of the couple of years with uh, with Randy Moss. Never Wes Welker. That's who oh, I was trying to oh, think. Oh, <laughs> I couldn't think of Wes Welker's name. Uh, All right, but carry but, on. but nonetheless, it's to me. It's like I will be, I will count the New England Patriots out when the New when the New England Patriots are out. I, there's no other reason. I, I think they'll. I think they'll win. I think Tom Brady will outshine Ryan Tannehill. I'm not even sure what to make of Ryan Tannehill right now. Like, you know, we've we've talked about Marcus Mariota not not panning out. Mm-hmm. Marcus Mariota and uh, Jameis Winston, but it looks like Jameis Winston might still have a job next year. Marcus Mariota. Probably be looking for a new one. Only reason, Jam- the only reason, Jameis Winston will still be with the team that drafted him last year, mm-hmm. or the odds of that ho- are higher than Mariota, is because the Bucks don't have a replacement in house yet. Mm-hmm. Had they had someone else in house, Mariota's gone. To, not Mariota. Mariota and Winston would probably be hanging out together somewhere. Yeah, like they're. It's hard to say which one of them is better or which one's worse. Mm-hmm. They've got there's a case to they, a, there's a case to be made for both of them. Jameis Winston, I believed in you, but Tannehill, yeah. he's found some magic in Tennessee. That mm-hmm. that's a better situation for him than whatever reason than it was in, in Miami. In Miami. Yeah. And he's playing very good football right he now. He is playing very good football, but do you believe in that le- level of football? We talked about fraudulence well, earlier in the show. There there are some things I believe in. Okay. One, and you know this about me, mm-hmm. I believe in the value of a power runner. Mm-hmm. I, and they have the best one in football right now in Derrick Henry. He's bigger than most linebackers in the league. Mm. He's a 260-pound guy. You don't want to tackle Derrick Henry, when he's, especially not once he gets ahead of steam, turn, is able to get downhill with, a, with some momentum. If he gets into your secondary, he might as well be gone. Who's going to tackle him? So that and, and the strength of New England's defense this year has been their pass defense, their their coverage. They they have a secondary that can cover most groups very well. Mm-hmm. Against a run, especially a physical power run, is a different dimension altogether. And I think that will present a challenge for New, New England's defense they're going to have to help out of their pass coverage some to stop the run, I believe. Mm. And that will make them vulnerable on the back end. You combine that with a offensively challenged unit, and I think this has all the makings for a Tennessee upset. Really? I do. Is that what you're calling for? Now I'm a you know what? I'm going to go ahead and go on the record with this one. Okay. Tennessee upset. Really? 24-17. 24-17. Oh, my God. 
See, I almost wrote New England because I'm just I was just so used twenty four seventeen. You know what? See, when I started talking just now, I wasn't. I still hadn't made up my mind which way I was going. I just talked myself into Tennessee. I'm okay. going Tennessee. Okay. All right. I am going 31-13 New England. I think they roll. I think they bounce back from that. I th- thought this team was embarrassed on, in week 17. I think they were embarrassed by I, I, It's time for some get right. And I think Tennessee is going to provide that. I'm not quite. I will admit that Ryan Tannehill is playing a, a much better brand of football. And it's got people wondering out loud what was going on in Miami that you had this guy in house and you let him go. That's a fair question. You know, I it. Don't, but you have to also also ask what's going on going on in Miami that they had this guy in house and they could do nothing with him. Mm-hmm. That's to me is the bigger question because if I look at his production on the field, I get how they let him go, but. When you take into effect, into account what he looked like that caused Miami to draft him as high as they did, he mm-hmm. was a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. And then as soon as he gets out of Miami to a different situation, he looks like a legitimate first-round pick quarterback. This mm-hmm. guy can play. Mm-hmm. That So I'm not asking – well, for me, I'm not asking how he got out of Miami. I know how he got out of Miami. They looked bad when he was there. I'm asking, how is it that they looked so bad while he was there? Like, what's going on with my coaching staff, my organization in general? That a that, guy can look so bad with you mm-hmm. and then go to another situation. Because it's like, you don't, you don't see that very often. You don't see quarterbacks getting cut and then going off and shining somewhere else. Yeah, it happened. Nick Foles. Okay. And that and that wasn't a that was a short run. That was mm-hmm. a short sample size. Four or five games here, he could show he could be a great backup. Mm-hmm. And prior to that, he'd also had a season where he went twenty seven touchdowns and two interceptions. Mm-hmm. And he looked bad with Jeff Fisher, who at this point, if you ask the same question I just asked about Miami, what was going on? The answer is Jeff Fisher is offensively deficient. Mm-hmm. With every quarterback he had who left that right after he left mm-hmm. that. That he was associated with Foles, the Rams, Foles, Foles the Keenum, Keenum you know, Bradford, all these guys looked better outside of uh, Jeff, Fish, yeah. Jeff Fisher's system. So, so there's a common but there thread. Is no, to it. But there is no Jeff Fisher in Miami right now, and that's why I ask, what's the problem in Miami that's making these guys look 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 so good, bad? But whatever it was, Tannehill seems to have righted the ship, and I've got them winning this this thing. I don't, I, I'm not sold on Tannehill beating New England yet. I'm not saying well, no, I'm, I'm not saying winning this thing, the Super Bowl. I'm talking oh, no, about no, winning no. this game. Yeah, well, they're playing New England in the first round, so it's like, yeah. look, I I see what Tannehill's doing, and I'm not trying to you know downplay what he's doing. I just don't think they're going on the road and beating New England yet. I don't think they're going to road beat New England and Foxborough. But I think yet. I think the attention that their defense is going to have to pay to Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. Makes Ryan Tannehill's job a lot easier. Okay, well, the ball's going to be in his court. It's going to be his game to win mm-hmm. because they, because just like you said, they will be focusing on Derrick Henry. So they're going to be plays for him to make. Can he make those plays downfield? Can he go? I mean, this is his moment. This is his opportunity to mm-hmm. 
go on the road and defeat the defending champions. It'll be fun to watch. It will be it fun to watch. It should be fun to watch. Fun to be watched. So look, let's take a real quick break, and when we come back, let's move over to the NFC. Let's do it. All right, we'll be right back on offense, defense, and discourse. You feeling this podcast? To hear this and more, go to SoundCloud.com slash B-I-T-W Sports or on iTunes or Apple Podcasts and search Best in the World Sports. James Lewis. I've never lived in a city like Phoenix where the downtown is not the center of the city. The, what's popping is out in Scottsdale. That's where everything's popping. That's where all the five-star restaurants are in Scottsdale. The best clubs and towns are in Scottsdale. The best mm. spas are in Scottsdale. If anything, they need to build the arena in Scottsdale and move everything from downtown out to Scottsdale. Yeah, they build in the then White Castle. Then you have an elite in franchise. Scottsdale. Next to them, next to them carved houses in Camelback Mountain. That's where everything is popping to me from what I've White seen Castles in my two years. It's coming uh, to yeah. Scottsdale. I will be there. Rampage, the first lieutenant of the Universal Flipmo squad. Next to, the, next to the spot, it's like eight hundred dollars. It hour. don't matter. It <laughs> don't matter. I'm up, I'm up in that piece. You are listening to the Lance J Radio Network. The following is a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports, a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio. All right, y'all. So we are back. We just got done going through the AFC playoffs. Yes, sir. I've got Houston. I've got Tennessee. JB. I got Houston. You got Houston. We're agreed on that one. And then you got New England. You sticking with Old State? Yes, yes. I'm going to go with the Patriots till the Patriots prove me wrong. And I, I can't blame you for that. that mm-hmm. That's, it's a, so good that's to start a reasonable the, pick. It's so good to start the new year talking football, talking playoff football. Oh, that's, that's what it's for. It, it, that's exactly. what the new year is for. The new, new year, year is, is for, for playoff football. Playoff football. You watch a lot of college football too? Do you watch a lot of bowl games? I watch bowl games that matter. Okay. Take that however you want. No, no. offense to any programs out there. If you believe your bowl game matters, then you can believe I'm watching. Mm-hmm. I will say this: I, I agree with you, but I, I will say, I plan around the bowl games that matter. Oh, absolutely! Like if there's a bowl game on, if I'm sitting around the house, catch and, me in the, like catch me with free time at three in the afternoon for some yeah. random reason. But I mean, there's a bowl game on, I'm yeah, watching. I'm, exactly, exactly. But to actually schedule to sit down, this game's on at seven p.m. I'm going to mm-hmm. be there. Yeah. I got wings, yeah. pizza, and yeah. other preparations made. Now, now I will, I will, those are the ones. That's what I mean when I say I watch the bowl games now, that matter. I will say this, and um, and I believe we're I believe we're 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 out of this era right now. But I used to hate non well now you know it used to be BCS or whatever but now non playoff games non after no after January 1st to me after January 1st it should be games that impact the national championship i get you mm-hmm. but here's the problem in theory like ideally that that would work mm-hmm. but because you only have two playoff games before the championship Mm-hmm. There's just a lot of dead time, so I, that for that reason alone, I get why they fill it with all the other bowls, like 
the taco pizza bowl or the my sneakers smell like corn chips bowl. Yeah, like, well, I'll, I'll put it to you like this. All right. I, right. To, uh, as, as we do this show right now, as we do this show right now, it is the Birmingham Bowl. Mm-hmm. I don't care about the Birmingham Bowl. Birmingham Bowl should have been last week. There's no reason for a bowl game. There should be. There's to me. There's no reason for bowl, there to be bowl games that do not do not have an effect on the national championship after January first. I hear you, but okay. So here's a question, and, and we're not going to stick on this too long. Yeah. But oh, just yeah, a real yeah, quick yeah, question. Yeah. So when was the cha- when was the semifinal games? Semifinal games last Saturday. That was so twenty um, eighth. The twenty eighth. And when is the championship game? Fifteenth. That's more than two weeks. Mm-hmm. Or excuse me, either fifteenth or thirteenth, I believe. Can't remember. If it's a Monday night. It's a Monday night, but thirteenth. Something like that. But it. So it's two plus weeks. Yeah. Now during that two plus weeks, you've got a limited NBA schedule because of the because of the holidays. Mm-hmm. You've got. A limited NFL schedule with the holidays and playoffs starting, you have fewer games. Mm-hmm. As a sports fan, don't you just kind of appreciate having that random game you can flip on and be like, "No." Nah. Like for me, mm-hmm. I'll turn on a random game. You like, you know what? This is better than than the regularly scheduled three p.m. clown who's sitting here talking. <laughs> so I know that that okay. so so for that that's why I mean I'm okay with it. It's not like I expect much of it. But and, and and for me, mm-hmm. the other thing is this is where I separate college from pros. These are mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. A lot of these kids, a lot of them, will never play football again. Agree. At a high level mm-hmm. after their college experience. Mm-hmm. So for me, for so for them to get the experience of a New Year's game, I'm not. I'm okay with it. I, I am not. I do not want to take this experience away from them. And my beef is not with the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying that on January 2nd, I don't care about the Birmingham Bowl oh, or not, the Gator Bowl. I'm not asking you to care. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you need to be tuned in, locked in the game. I have no issues with you mm-hmm. saying the I don't Birmingham, care about that bowl. The Birmingham Bowl is right now. And I have no, and usually when you come in, when we do shows, mm-hmm. when we do shows and there's sports events on, I have the TV on. We might be talking but, but, sports, but the TV's on. But, TV is not on the Birmingham Bowl right and, now. And I, but that that's kind of my point though. Like the two arguments I made, why I'm okay with it, mm-hmm. have nothing to do with these games generating massive interest. Mm-hmm. It's for the kids' experience, and just the, the TV station needs programming other mm-hmm. than re- random talking heads all the time. Okay. It's it's a time filler on TV, yeah. and the and honestly, the mo- the money that the kids get, the schools get, helps fund these programs and scholarships and other things mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. that do go to benefit the kids. Yeah. So from that standpoint, I'm okay with it. Just don't ask me to be juiced up about it. Okay. That's where the difference is for me. Yeah. Absolutely. Like no, you get to that time I have of no year. No juice for like, like for you get you get me past like once we're past the semifinal game. Mm-hmm. You have any bowl games you want before mm-hmm. the semifinal game, and I might have interest. To m- Once we're past the semifinal, and I know the championship li- mm-hmm. matchup, not, none of the other games in between Once to- are exciting for me. To me, it's like okay, there there are the bowls that lead up to the New Year's Day six. Mm-hmm. You know, the new it's like the New Year's there's the New Year's Day six, 
then there's the national championship game. And it's like, to me, it's in that order. It's all the bowls before that, you know, the bowls you never, you know, you never understand. You never remember what the names of them are or whatever. Then you get your New Year's Day six. Then you get your national championship. Now, see, for me, if it were me, I would take my New Year's Day six and hold them earlier. Okay. They're no longer on New Year's Day. They're in December. Mm -hmm. I want my semifinal New Year's Day. Mm. I want those two matchups New Year's Day. Okay. Because they're in big-time bowls. They do them in your orange or your fiesta. Or they rotate your major bowls. Yes. So that's not the issue. Mm-hmm. I want them New Year's Day. They give me the, all the excitement and fan interest I need. The attention's on really on the kids who get or are going to the championship. Mm-hmm. And then from there I get a week, week and a half off, whatever it is, till mm-hmm. the championship game. And it's not that extended lull between – well, it's still a lull, but it's not quite as long as it currently is between the semifinal and so then you you as at that point when you do it that way, mm-hmm. you get a couple of extra bowls moved up mm-hmm. before your semifinal matchup. Yeah. Where where we I think we both could agree they should be. Mm-hmm. Well, I will say, I will say this like the way this year was set up. Mm-hmm. You know, you got your New Year's Day six on New Year's Day, which was a Wednesday. This coming weekend, you got you know you got. NFL's back. Got NFL. You got. There will be two weekends of NFL playoff football before the national championship game. Let's see here. Okay, here's the thing with my my. I have a thing with the New Year's Day six. Okay, my thing with those with those teams, those games is they used to matter more than they do. Okay. Once we got a playoff, we're looking. I know I'm looking at teams that aren't playoff teams. And I just watched two playoff games. Mm-hmm. My interest level is down. Agree. It's like asking you to watch a playoff NFL game and then go back and watch the tape of Jets versus Dolphins. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. That's my issue with it because mm-hmm. I know I'm watching subpar football now. So I want once I get to the playoff, I don't want anything that is supposed to matter after the playoffs start. Okay. Now, if you're giving like now that's why I said I'm okay with all these little random bowls. Mm-hmm. Cuz you're not trying to convince me though that they matter. Yeah, nobody cares about Boston College and Cincinnati or uh what's it? Indiana and Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And that's and, and see and that's exactly why I'm okay with those after cuz we're not trying to convince anyone that those games matter. Mm-hmm. The New Year's Day 6, you still want excitement around them. You want them to matter. Mm-hmm. Put them before the playoffs start. Okay. That's my opinion. Okay, no, I, 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 that I can dig. I'm just saying it's January second. Mm-hmm. Don't give me the Gator Bowl or the Birmingham Bowl. And that, and that's fine. That's fair. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I think we agree. I, I'm not asking you to like them. <laughs> I'm just saying I get why they are where they are. Mm-hmm. All right. Now that being said, we're back. Let's let's get back into some big boy football okay. real quick. Cool, we got, cool. Because we talked about the AFC, but the NFC that's that's happening this weekend too. Mm-hmm. NFC's got Sunday. Mm-hmm. I think it. I think they should have flipped it. I, I like the NFC Sunday. You like the NFC? Mm-hmm. I feel. I feel like. But I, Minnesota, I, I, well, I'll put. It, I'll, I'll say it as we go. I, I will make my point as we go into our first game. Mm-hmm. Because the first game on Sunday is Minnesota and uh, New Orleans, mm-hmm. and I feel like that has a prime time. Fi- just because the playoff history of these two teams has a pl- you know a prime time feel, and it's like this game's going to be at one o'clock. 
It's a yeah, one o'clock game. All eyes on them. Yeah, all eyes West on Coast them. is just waking up. Wake up football in the West Coast, mm-hmm. and you get this game. So, it's not a bad way to start your day. No. no. And truth be told, you're talking playoff football. There's always potential to have a really good matchup at a less than ideal time because all these teams are potential are supposed to be good once you're into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And that being said, the Minnesota – I don't know that I necessarily expect this to be a, that great a game. Mm. I don't – I still don't trust Kirk Cousins to show up in the playoffs. If you get pressure on Kirk Cousins, his rap has been that he falls through his career. I don't know that I expect a lot more than that from him now. Drew Brees, the Saints, Sean Payton, yeah, I got expectations for them. Michael Thomas, yeah, he's the man. Alvin Kamara, that dude, he, he's got some game with him. He's the truth, yeah. I expect them to show up. The Vikings, eh, their defense is not what it was a couple over the last couple years. Xavier Rhodes is one of the most targeted cor- from being one of the, like having a reputation of being one of the best corners. Now he's one of the most targeted, mm-hmm. and he gives up catches at a fairly high rate. Mm-hmm. So that's not a good that's not good news when you got Michael Thomas on the other side. No. That you're looking at a receiver, a corner who's giving up catches at the high rate, and he's supposed to be your shutdown guy. That's mm-hmm. that's a bad sign. I'm seeing the Saints putting up points and putting up points in bunches. And I'm seeing Kirk Cousins and the Vikings struggling to keep up. Yeah, I, I think so too. I could easily see this getting to be like 42 24. I think New Orleans is. I like the way I like what they, I like what they've done all season. Mm-hmm. You know the way they rallied together. You know. To, to think, you and, know, what, and the way they kept winning when Bridgewater was mm, in, exactly. lets you know it's not a one man show. It's exactly. a team. Like you recall, we were Drew working Brees, together in the sports shot when Nick Foles stepped in for Carson Wentz mm-hmm. went and go with the injury, and I was scared. And and I said to everyone we were there at the time, this is not a one man team. Mm. This team is built to be able to win. You're good on your lines. You're good on defense. You got good skills around the outside. Carson like Carson Wentz might be the better of the two. But this team is built to be good enough. The Saints are built to be good enough to win. And then you throw in an all-time great quarterback on top of it. Mm-hmm. They had a for years. They had a one-two punch with Kamara and Ingram. Mm-hmm. They lose. Uh, they lose Ingram. Ingram goes to Baltimore, and they don't lose a step. Mm. Kamara's still a beast. Just like, and that goes to your point. You know that doesn't. Just, not being just a one-man show does not just go for your quarterback. You're talking about your running back. You're talking about the you know the moving parts. Mm-hmm. I like what they do with Hill. Receiving core. You're receiving. You're receiving. You're receiving. Cook core. it tight in. Again, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they got they have a balanced attack. Or Drew Brees doesn't throw this many yards, this many touchdowns to one guy. He's spreading it around and picking defenses apart. He's a pro's pro. Still talking 27 touchdowns, four interceptions on the season mm-hmm. for Drew Brees. Those are great numbers. Great numbers. I'll take them. It's not 50 touchdowns, but mm-hmm. 27 and four. And he how many games did he miss? Six, five? Don't forget that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Threw 27 touchdowns in limited games. He didn't play the whole season. So that number, you extrapolated over a full season, he's probably closer to 40 touchdown mark, mm-hmm. which is a lot, which sounds a lot different, but. 
we're just hypothetically looking at, you know, what it would have been if he had he not missed that time. Because you hear 27 and 4 is a great number. 27 is a full season of touchdowns for a lot of quarterbacks. Mm hmm. A lot of quarterbacks, full season touchdowns. 27 touchdowns, four interceptions, 11 games this season. Mm -hmm. So he missed five games. Mm -hmm. Missed five, yep. So missed five games, that's a third of the season, essentially. Still had almost 3,000 yards. Mm -hmm. Still threw for almost 3,000 yards. Missing a third of the season. This guy is on his game. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I agree with you. I'm on the same page as you right now. I think, think, excuse me, I think. New Orleans one's going away. I don't think this is going to be. I don't think this is going to be close. Minnesota's just not what they were. I thought. Right. I thought Minnesota was on the cusp of being frauds before. I'm not necessarily sure. I'm going to call them, call them frauds, but they haven't moved closer to being legit yet. All right, so we agree on this, which we both we're both on the Saints on this matchup. Mm-hmm. Which leaves us with the reason why, unlike you, I like this playoff schedule. Mm-hmm. Because th- th- this is where I lose objectivity and I become a fan for a moment. Mm-hmm. Had the Eagles game been the 4-30 game on Saturday, the first game to kick off the playoffs, and the Eagles lost, I have no more interest in football. Mm-hmm. No, uh, uh, I don't want to watch the rest of the playoffs. I don't, watch, I'm not, I don't have that weak buffer even to get over it and I can get back into it next week. It's just like, oh, you want me to watch another game after this? Mm-hmm. Oh, you want me to watch more games tomorrow? Screw you guys. I'm going home. You know, I become Cartman at that point. No, you know? I understand. No, I will say, I will say this. So because having the Eagles game last mm-hmm. allows me to enjoy the weekend of football. I didn't say the Eagles shouldn't be last. But this year you got AFC on Saturday, NFC on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Give Minnesota and New Orleans that 8 o'clock game on Saturday. But that means the Eagles have the four thirty game on Sunday, on Saturday. No, you're put, no, you're, no. Because you're putting the NFC on Saturday. No, I'm putting. I'm, I'm saying. Split so you're split. Two, you're splitting the conferences. Splitting, yeah, I'm splitting okay. the conferences. Give me Buffalo and Houston, then uh, Minnesota and New Orleans. Then give me Tennessee and New uh, New England. Then give me Seattle and Philly. Now all the AFC fans are mad. Like, why are our games early? Why don't we get anything into prime time? Who cares? AFC fans, half the league. Is that is that us? Is that you or me? It's half the league. Is that you or me? No, but. We're not the only ones watching. All right, but just, I'm pretty. We're, sh- we're, I'm pretty sure we're the only ones on this show, right? But just, just for a second, mm-hmm. indulge me. I, I'm pretty sure me and you are by far not the way where the NFL is making their money. This show is about my. You know, I, I agree with it. I agree with your point. But this show is about my opinion. <laughs> all right, and in my opinion, I want to see Minnesota and New Orleans at. Eight o'clock. I'll see them at eight o'clock on Saturday. Do I care that it's like look, I'm sorry. Tennessee, New England, there's no juice. That's that's early game juice for me. Now, that's four o'clock juice. That does actually feel like one o'clock game. Yeah, that's that's one o'clock juice. Come on, you telling me you telling I, me Buffalo I, I and get Houston what you're saying. Buffalo and Houston has, has that, prime time. That has four thirty feel to me. That's got that's a four thirty that's, that's, feel. That's that's a, that's that's an early game juice right there. That's four thirty Saturday feel. Mm-hmm. I get, I'm not arguing mm-hmm. that. That's four thirty Saturday, one o'clock I, on Sunday. If, if they told me they wanted to switch the New England game with the, with the New Orleans game, I get it. All right, now, now I'm now just, that that will no, I'll give you as far as excitement for the and time. AFC fan base aside, mm-hmm. you know, because I'm not 
I, I'm your point has not fallen on deaf ears. I hear I hear your point, but honestly, if this is what they gave you, if they announce the playoff schedule and they say that the playoff schedule is Buffalo and Houston on Saturday at one uh, at four o'clock, Minnesota and New Orleans at eight o'clock, Tennessee Patriots at one o'clock on Sunday, Eagles Seahawks at four o'clock. Are you good with that? If that's what they presented you, are you really thinking, wow, AFC got two early games. That's messed up. Or are you saying, okay, I'm in, let's go. I'm in, let's go no matter what. I'm watching. Yeah, uh-huh. That's My reaction is the same no matter what. I'm in, let's go, I'm watching. Mm-hmm. My only real interest was the Eagles game. Mm-hmm. So for me, that game's where I want it to be. Outside of that, eh, I don't really care that much. Mm-hmm. Now, I get what you're saying, and I agree with you. If we're ta- just simply talking which matchups, like if it had this, these games all been happening on a regular season Sunday, mm-hmm. Minnesota New Orleans is the one that gets flexed to Sunday night. Mm-hmm. That's the, if we're looking at the schedule, I get what you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's the one that gets flexed to Sunday night football. That's the primetime game. Yep. But if, if, if I'm looking at it and I know they're going AFC, NFC, mm-hmm. I'd rather I'd rather Minnesota have the early game because I get my Eagles game last. Okay. So selfishly, I'll take it the way it is. So let me ask but you. But I get what you're. But mm-hmm. that's not me saying. I get what you're saying. That is the prime time matchup. Would you be cool with a Sunday night playoff game? If they went four and if they went four twenty five eight twenty five for Saturday and Sunday, would you be cool with that? They give me eight o'clock games on Sunday all year. Mm-hmm. I could live with an eight o'clock game on Sun on Sunday in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm okay with that. Do you think it's a matter of time before they give that a try? No, no chance. Why? Because people work Monday morning and their potential for ratings is always highest at four thirty okay. to seven o'clock. People, you don't you don't want to risk losing ratings. And it's the the threat, the idea of people saying, "I might have to go to bed early." I got how many times you going to sleep early on a Sunday night game? Almost, almost all the time when it's not the Eagles. That's what they don't want to risk. Understood. Understood. No, just a, just a question. Just wanted to, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Uh, Saturday pick night's a little different. People yeah. will stay up on the weekend. Mm-hmm. Sunday night, not so much. Mm-hmm. It's always like the Saturday night, the Saturday playoff games. Are usually my daughter's, uh, my my daughter and my son because they both played in the same organization. Uh, their banquet, their football banquet at the end of the year. So it's always like the way the banquet had been set up in the past. It was at a, I guess it's like activity center. So the kids have the, all these activities that they can do, and they rotate different activities throughout the evening, and. It, one point in time, one of the activities is the actual banquet where they get their award ceremony or whatever. But while they're doing all this, there's TVs in the back of the room where all the parents are watching football all day long. That's where I watched uh, Seattle when they were what uh, seven, were they, seven and nine. They beat New Orleans, and Marshawn Lynch had the Beast Mode run where, where Beast Mode was born. That's where I was at my son's banquet. I'll take you know Saturday night football is cool. I I say this with the great much great 
greatest, utmost respect for the sacrifice parrots makes. Mm-hmm. Sucks to be you. It happens, man. I'm, I'm going to be comfortably in front of the screen with mm-hmm. whatever I need to enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. That being said, there is actually one more game we have to talk about. Oh, yeah. R- really? One more. Okay. Who who would that be? Who who? That, that's, we, oh wait a minute! That, we did that, uh, that game. I'm happy. Re, uh, real quick, before we do, give me your uh, score for Minnesota and. Uh, oh, I gave you that one. Uh, give me two one more 42, time. Forty-two twenty-four. Forty-two. I got the 24. Saints winning going away. Norms, right, you you hear me? Real technical out here writing it down on a piece of paper. What the? We under attack. It's at the end of the world. Uh, let's see. I too have New Orleans. I, you know what? I will go thirty-four to twenty. Thirty-four twenty New Orleans. All right. Now let's move on to the main event. Well, it's our main event. Seattle at Philly. Now you know what? What's up? I'm gonna do something you're not gonna like. Oh boy. You're not going to like this at all. Oh, boy. Then why are you doing it? If you know I'm not going to like it, why are you going to do but, it? I'm going to tell the truth. Okay, go ahead. Tell the truth. Shame got, the devil. I got to tell the truth. Go ahead. Nothing, and I mean absolutely nothing, about this matchup tells me the Eagles should be able to win. Hmm. With the possible of the exception of the fact that it's in Philly. That being said... I don't know if this is the fan in me or just a a good gut feeling. I think the Eagles win this thing. Why? I don't know. You just heard me say nothing about this game on paper says the Eagles Mm -hmm. should win. I don't know. I don't have a logical reason for you. Mm -hmm. If you ask me for logic, you ask me for reason, you ask me for objectivity, Seahawks all day. Better receiving core healthier, more experienced quarterback who's won a Super Bowl. Honestly, probably a better quarterback. They're down their runners, but Eagles are down everybody. So what real reason do I have to pick Philly? None. But something about me, about watching the Eagles play these last four weeks, the way they've responded as a unit when it's mattered, something about this team has me thinking they win this round. They win this game. 24-17, Philly. Wow. 24-17, Philly. Look, see, unlike you, I embrace Fandle. I sneer at objectivity. You know, I, to me, I, I, objectivity is for rich people. I'm poor. I don't need to be objective. When y'all start, when people start paying me to be objective, I'll be objective. Right now, I do this show for free, so I'll be as fan. I'll be. I get into all the fan ish I want to get into. Eagles are on a roll. I think Carson Wentz is playing at a high level. I think he's locked in. Probably more, probably 
the most locked in I've seen Carson Wentz play in almost two whole years. I think it's unfair to compare seasons, but I will say I feel like the the confidence he has been playing with over the last month is something that we might have seen in 2017. He's playing with a high level of confidence. I think we talk about this on the show all the time. You and I talk about what I always call the Chase Utley effect. Teams playing like their best player. I think this team has rallied around Carson Wentz. I think when you think of what what has happened in the past, you know, the the unnamed sources, people questioning his leadership. I feel like his leadership has been on display for the last four games in the last month. I think probably if you want to call it rock bottom, if rock bottom was probably that loss to my, that loss to Miami. Possibly. But I that mean, wasn't rock bottom for Carson. Maybe not. Car- Carson, the offense scored that game. Offense scored, but rock but, bottom for Carson. That pay attention to what he did that New England game. Mm-hmm. He looked bad that game. That was yeah. But I think honestly now, and because right there, that point that you made right there, that's objectivity. That's being objective. Carson didn't play poorly against. Didn't play poorly against the Dolphins, but he played poorly against New England. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people don't give him – a lot of people don't – he didn't take the heat that he took against New England because it's New England. It was New England. Like, oh, you're supposed to lose New England. You're supposed to lose – you're, but they weren't he – play, He played badly in that game. True. In the Miami game, the offense scored 34 points. Mm-hmm. But what do people – 34 do? points should be enough to beat Miami. But what's the bottom line? You lost. You lost. So – it, whether fair or unfair, because, unfair clearly. That's the, no, no, that's no. The defense. No, I wasn't asking you. I'm just saying <laughs> that fair or unfair. The fact of the matter is, most people, uh, most people, call that Miami game rock bottom. Mm-hmm. You, you know, that's just that just is what it is. I threw up. You know, just, just I would I wasn't planning on being objective. I told you from the beginning of this point I wasn't going to be objective, but nonetheless, you see how he's played down the line. You. Down the stretch, will this team into the playoffs? Help will this team into the playoffs? You out here winning with guys that should have had part-time jobs. Chris Long made a uh, made a point. You know, you playing with guys who are shadows in the program. Don't even have team pictures. Honestly, you ask, you know, you go back to November. Let's go back. Let's go back a month and a half. Let's go back to the bye week, week ten. You ask somebody on the street, who the hell is Boston Scott? Heart, your hardcore fan will know. Your diehard Eagles fan who knows the roster, who knows the team, they know. But you know how those news organizations love to go to like your local Wawa or whatever, or your convenience store, just some random corner in the city and just ask people Eagles questions. If you would ask somebody during the bye week, who is Boston Scott? They'd be like, I I don't know. Who is Greg Ward? Had a conversation with my cousin. My cousin is a big uh, Georgia Bulldogs fan. 
And I had asked because I honestly did not know because I hadn't heard his name in the papers and hadn't seen him in any of the games. I asked him, was uh, Evander Holyfield's son still on in Georgia? I honestly did not know where he was at. I did not know that he left college early, went to the draft, and I, and was in the NFL this year. I thought he had another, you know, I, I, just, I didn't know. Because I hadn't heard his name all season. I'm like, whatever happened to him? I know he, you know, I know him and Swift were a good one-two punch in Georgia. But I didn't know where he went. Lo and behold, now he's off the, uh, I think he wound up, he started the season in Carolina, but he wasn't getting any burn. Ends up with the Eagles. They signed him this week. I tell my cousin, I'm like, I bring it up. I'm like, hey, we just brought up Evander Holyfield's son. Now he's with the Eagles. And given the way the Eagles season has been going, yeah, he might, you know, they might have just brought him in as a body. He might get some burn on Sunday. Who knows? Eagles dropping off like flies. But nonetheless, the one constant has been Carson Wentz. You know, I think he's he's silenced some doubters. I know a lot of people might say, hey, man, he beat the Giants twice beat the Redskins, neither of those teams were any good, and then they came back and they beat Dallas, and maybe Dallas isn't as good as they thought they were. But nonetheless, he still beat them. And look at the team. If this was a team that had been fairly healthy most of the season, then yeah, struck, you know, coming back from seven losses to win four straight games over three losing, over three teams with a losing record and one team that finished 500 that might not be the that might not be the greatest accomplishment. But when you're missing what? Your three top wide receivers? Your top three wide receivers. You're missing Jeffrey, you're missing Jackson, you're missing Aguilar. You're missing Jordan Howard. Missing Lane Johnson. Now you're missing Brandon Brooks. Zach Ertz is now hurt. And you've now gotten this team into the playoffs. And home game against the team that you play. Your defense is getting healthier and you play this team tough. I understand that. You know what? You're right. Seattle is playing, you know, they might have struggled down the line, but still, you know, Seattle's no slouch. Of course, there's reason to believe that Seattle could win. But, yeah, I think, once again, I don't need objectivity. So, yeah, I'm with you. Oh, You know, I'm like, yeah, okay, of course the Eagles can win. I'm at that point now where it's like, all right, I had the most, like we, like we said at the beginning of the show, I had the most doubt of the Eagles at the beginning, you know, right, at, right after that Miami game. I wasn't ready to say they're done. But I wasn't going to argue with anybody who said they were. I wasn't saying they were done. But if you came in here and we did a show and said, hey, man, the Eagles are done. Guess what you wouldn't have gotten from me? That would have been an argument. But, you know, nonetheless, it's like I'm invested. I'm invested in this team. I believe that, you know, it would not surprise me if they came out and won. They can over, you know, I, I think there's a team that's gotten gotten themselves mentally prepared to, to be overachievers. I think they're going to have to overachieve 
to win. You're going to need big games from Boston Scott and Dallas Goddard. Maybe you'll see a little bit more of Jordan Howard. You need to see that. But when it's all said, when it's all said and done, you know, I believe the Eagles can win. I do. I truly, I, I believe that the Eagles can win, and I'm going to say that they are going to win. Oh, now that see, I heard you say you believe the Eagles can win. Mm-hmm. Do you believe the Eagles will win? Yes. That was, that was a lot of hesitation. That was a lot. No, that was just for dramatic effect. So that wasn't reservation. No, 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 no. That that was that wasn't doubt. <laughs> yes, I believe. Yes, I believe that we will win. We will do next week's show. We will be happy. We'll be ecstatic. We will believe. What score do you have? I have 24 to 13. Eagles. 24 to 13. Eagles. One touchdown, two field goals. That's all you have them score? Yes. 13 points. 13 points. This will be interesting. JB believes that the Eagles' defense with new life in the playoffs can hold Russell Wilson and the Seattle Seahawks to 13 points. And they only scored 17 points the last time. And that's about, and that's the number I have them at this time. Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. You've got two running backs who haven't played in a while in Seattle. Mm-hmm. You've got some different defensive personnel on the field for Philly. It'll be interesting. We both have Philly winning. Mm-hmm. That's probably more emotion than logic from either of us. Well, look, you you listen to this podcast for more emotion than, than logic from me. For for you, it's the you know you out your lane right now. You, it is what it is. You've come to the dark side, <laughs> or as we like to say, the right side. Think with your emotion. Think with your heart. This man's about to make me change my pit. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't do that. Hey, man. Come We're going to get out of here oh, before yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. Let's go ahead and We're shut it be, down. Oh, now. shut it down. Next week, we going to be happy. The Colt 45 will be flowing. He's walking away. Let me tell you something. We're going to have a Colt 45 toast next week on offense defense and discourse ladies and gentlemen i just want to remind you guys that you can download this podcast soundcloud google uh google podcast itunes you hear it right now you, you, you hear that sound that's my man mike jones putting on his coat so he can leave he's walking away he's he's, he's no longer at the mic but it's all right Tune in next week's show when we will be talking about the NFL Divisional Rounds featuring the Philadelphia Eagles. And Mike Jones will be drinking an ice-cold Billy Day. You guys have a great week. Talk to you guys next week. The preceding was a production of the Lance J Radio Network and Best in the World Sports. 
a division of Definitive Visions Multimedia. The opinions and views expressed are strictly those of the host and do not represent the views of Lance J Radio Network or NBC Sports Radio.